0: Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back, the wolves of Ball Street. We are here with another brand new episode of the Draft Deck motherfucking NBA Draft Podcast. I am Corey Tulliba here, as always, your host, alongside my co-host, Albert Gim. Albert, how we doing, bro?
1: Dude, it's um the grind is real. Corey and I, we're getting we're getting closer to the draft, which means uh, you know, for us to get everyone in there, we gotta record at some odd hours. But um I'm ready, dude. I'm ready because I honestly think us talking about Zaire Williams today, I think it's gonna be a really interesting conversation because he's one of the hardest guys. I've had to evaluate in a while, so I'm um, I'm excited, man.
0: Zaire is an interesting prospect; he truly is. I'm excited to talk about him as well. So let's uh let's just get right into this one, right? All right, Zaire Williams, uh, wing out of Stanford, 19. He's going to be just about 20 years old on draft day. Measured in at six nine and three quarters in shoes, so almost six ten, which is really great. 188 pounds. Not as great. And he only measured in with a 6'10 wingspan. I kind of wish with that height he had measured in with like a 7'1 wingspan. But 6'10 isn't the end of the world. Uh, He averaged 10.7 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 2.9 turnovers, 0.9 steals, and 0.6 blocks. Just as, you know, your regular counting stats. Not terrible, right? Now we get to the shooting splits. Now we get to the shooting splits. 37% from the floor, 29% from three, 80% from the line. That is a 47% true shooting percentage. That is disastrous. He had a PER of 11.1. So uh, not a very strong freshman season for uh our guy Zaire Williams right now. Let's let's hit the preseason rankings. Preseason Bleacher Report had Zaire Williams at 10. So we're talking top 10 pick hype here off the bat. ESPN five. Wow. They had Zaire Williams at 5, top 5 pick. SB Nation had Zaire at 9. So that is a preseason stock price of eight. So we're looking at a guy that, you know, had expectations to be a top 10 pick. Not all that dissimilar from his high school teammate, BJ Boston. Currently, Bleacher Report has Zaire at 17. ESPN has Zaire at 24. SB Nation has, has Zaire at sixteen the ringer had Zaire Williams at seventeen, and your boys at the draft act had Zaire Williams at twenty three on our big board episode, which you can go and listen to if you haven't yet. That's an average stock price of nineteen point four so a a, uh, a a dipper a dipper on the draft deck started out the season. Potential top 10 guy, number eight, uh, overall stock price. And postseason, he's at 19.4. So you're looking at a guy who's bordering the top 20, maybe back end of the lottery. So uh, not quite the dip that his teammate BJ Boston had, which is an interesting thought exercise um, in itself, but quite the dip, uh, 11.4 spots in the draft. So Albert, I ask you, with a stock price set at 19.4 on the draft deck, is Zaire Williams' stock price too high, too low, or is it just right?
1: Um, I, I think for me, considering all the guys, I mean, we've talked about some really good guys recently. Uh, 19.4, right? That sounds just about right for me. I feel like considering the freshman season that he had, considering how strong this draft class is, Um Yeah, 19.4 sounds about right. And I feel like he I personally think he's going to go a little bit higher. But, I mean, if we're talking about draft stock and all those other factors, that sounds about right for me. Interesting, because I'm going to be honest.
0: I think it's way too high. Wow, okay. Yeah, nothing about Zaire Williams, except for maybe Hopes and Dreams, Scream's top 20 pick to me. So let's talk about why. Um, I'm going to switch things up a little bit today, okay? Uh, And I want to start with Zaire's defense. How did you feel about Zaire as a defender, and how do you see him projecting as a defender in the NBA? I
1: I think offensively, defensively, his whole game, um, it it just – watching him, watching his tape reminded me of, like, a baby deer trying to figure out how to walk. Uh, so much of his game was ridiculously raw. Um, I did want to say def- defensively, though. like You could see the potential. I think Kyle Mann, when he was on our pod, he talked about Zaire potentially being like a destroyer on defense. Um, I don't know if I would go that wild not that he is wild for saying that but like that that's high praise right but there were some signs to Zaire's defense that I was kind of okay with I think you mentioned the fact that he is pretty much 6'10 I mean depending on the shoes if he's wearing LeBron's he's probably 6'10 over and over Um, (laughs) but the guy is huge and 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 the thing is you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Corey that his wingspan is 6'10 which you know it would have been nice if it was over seven feet but then if you think about it like even a wingspan of 610 is pretty damn long and i thought that showed uh, defensively i thought he, he showed pretty good hands could poke the ball away like i was watching right before we started recording i was watching his game against colorado um i don't remember when it was but that game was kind of like the perfect um perfect example of what his game is like there's so many highs and lows in that game and i think when we look at zaire and we so we're talking about the defensive side he's gonna have some highs where he does some things where it's like whoa that's that could be really really good and he's gonna have some lows where you know he's getting lost off ball or he's um you know gambling or whatever and so um for me i think defensively he showed promising signs but like the rest of his game it, there's significant development that needs to come
0: yeah I, I mean hundred percent uh hundred percent agreed I I did think that he's pretty good on ball you you know we talked about like the wingspan already a few times 610 if he's guarding threes is still perfectly adequate to guard threes right it, he'll bother shooters on shot contests with a 610 wingspan um but because he was pretty good on ball. That's why I wanted to start here. I don't want to just sit and rip this kid for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I want to, there, there is nuance to Zaire as a prospect. There was a reason that he was rated highly coming in. Um, Even if I I kind of think that he was rated too highly coming in, but uh, defensively, I think he moved his feet. Well, I think that he makes pretty uh, smooth transitions, switching his stance. Uh, He, you know, if he's going to check, twos and threes, and I think that he could check some twos. I think he could bother them, and and that that wingspan, that height, can be kind of a, a plus for him. Because for me, somebody who's 6'10", you want them to be able to guard fours, and there's just no way with him being 188 pounds in that frame, like he doesn't have these broad shoulders that look like he's going to really fill out. So for me, like he has to be able to guard twos and threes. And that means he's got to stay light uh, because as soon as I think he, he bumps up, it's going to be issues for him. I mean, you see even like Mikhail Bridges, he has trouble banging consistently with fours and he has a much thicker frame than Zaire does currently. Right. So like that is worlds and worlds away from, from that even being a possibility regardless of his height. But I think that he's quick enough on the perimeter to be able to stick with smaller perimeter players and if he could do that and he can kind of really get after it on that end and just be that destroyer to these little guards that uh Kyle Mann was, was referring to I think that you can really find some positive things to say about Zaire on that end off ball um I thought he was a little inconsistent uh you know but when he was good he was impactful Right. He was he had nice moments kind of just being everywhere on the floor. And he's it's gonna be a process for him, like you mentioned. It it's to me, it's his processing speed. You know, you you mentioned the 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 Bambi growing into the baby deer um analogy, and, and that's it. It's the process how fast can he process things? And but I think that when it clicked, you saw what it kind of looked like. And that's something to be optimistic about. Now, I will go back to his slight frame for for a second and say that while he he is pretty good at avoiding screens, when he does get hit with a screen, he completely dies on it. He absolutely gets mauled. I think he's the only player in college basketball to get absolutely just mollywopped by an Evan Mobley screen. Evan Mobley uh terrific prospect, legitimate top three guy in an absolutely loaded draft, awful screen setter, and he absolutely destroyed, destroyed Zaire Williams on, on a screen. And I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> Evan Mobley is kind of slight of frame as well. Um, but he does a good job avoiding them. So he needs to keep doing that at the NBA level because uh, he's not getting screened by Evan Mobley. He's getting screened by the Lopez brothers. <laughs> and uh and Bede and gobert and Jokic and some real big motherfuckers so uh I, i'm gonna be interested to see what an nba weight training program does to him i mean can he be salvaged like can his body be salvaged in the nba
1: oh dude i, I think 100 i I, ju- I just wanted to touch on a couple of things that you talked about number one as you mentioned the slight frame um uh, you know my theory, Corey. I think any young college guy who wears a T-shirt under their jersey, that means something. Uh, they're hiding their frame there. They're pretty severely underweight, and that's why they're wearing the shirt under the jersey. Um, so I'm with you, man. He's a skinny, skinny dude. Um, 180 pounds, right, dude? I, I haven't been 180 pounds since I was in like high school. So um, pretty shocking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I think that's there. I agree with you. Um, my thing is like the processing stuff that you talked about. Uh, I know we're talking about his defense and I agree with you. The processing stuff was serious, but his him processing on the offensive end was like terrifying. And I was like, Oh, watching him trying to process and being like three steps slow on offense was, was really, really bad. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I think even some of the weak side stuff, like he, he's such a, he's such a leaper. Like he does have real athleticism uh, when he gets going. I know, um, I'm pretty sure he had like a bike accident or something yeah. before the season. Yeah. And so he was, you know, his knee was hurt for a little bit. But I mean, when he when he's jumping off of two feet and he's like getting momentum, he can really get up there. And I thought that showed time to time uh, defensively. But as you mentioned, like, you know, it the, the whether it's the processing, the development, the uh, the body weight and the muscle. I'm kind of a big-time believer because you mentioned Mikael Bridges. Bridges is a guy who spent a couple of years in college and then came out. I have a really weird comparison for you today. I think I've been on a roll with that and bringing you guys weird names. Um, But another guy that I'm going to mention later was a guy who who spent three years in college and then came out. And so my thing with Zaire is he has entered the draft after a really rocky freshman year. And he showed a lot of really low points, uh, but I'm oddly a believer in him. But then I I, I also am going to have the ca- caveat of having comparing him to somebody who like hasn't worked out in the league at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, he's a tough one. But just sticking on the defense, I'm with you. He's way too skinny, but I'm kind of a believer that he could add frame. Like his body to me looks a little bit different from like a KD. Where KD, you could kind of tell he'll never gain mass. But for whatever reason, I think Zaire looks a little different. Like he looks like he could potentially add some mass to that frame. So maybe I'm a little bit higher there.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't. I I don't know how much. I again it, to me it goes to his shoulders. Um, I, I, like if he had these like really broad shoulders, I would be more optimistic about him being able to put on like this really good mass, but um NBA training staffs. And, you know, if he, if he really commits to like dieting the right way and, and doing the things that he needs to do it, anybody can really, you know, improve their body. So it, it's not an, imp- I think it's an uphill battle for him, but it's not an impossible task. Uh As far as your shooters thing, I think that if you wear a shirt under um your shirt in college you absolutely have to wear like a 2x lt we have to go back to that it can't be this under armor this tight under armor <laughs> shit you got to go back to like the early 2000s hmm. like really baggy t-shirt that has to happen but um it's funny like uh, the kids who do who are really skinny like they do wear shirts right and like it's funny you see at the high school level if you go to an aau game high school game whatever uh the really skinny kids now they even wear long sleeves like they'll wear like long sleeve compression shirts and i'm just like what are i don't even know if that's in the rule book that you
1: can do this but <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> you're uh <he's, laughs> the, the two x large um undershirt reminded me of uh khalid al at uh at oh, yeah. uconn He always wore the crazy big shirts, but I think he had the opposite problem where he was trying to hide his chubbiness, but um, (laughs) I hear you, bro. It's, it's a good one. (laughs) It's a look. It's a look.
0: Let's uh, (laughs) let's transition over to, um, to the offense. Uh, And I think this is where the road is about to get real, real bumpy. I think that he was as much a disaster on the offensive side of the ball as the numbers actually indicate. Yeah. I know that this was a crazy year for Stanford. Like they had weird travel things. They played in the Santa Cruz Warriors gym with COVID. He had the knee thing going on. But watching his film on the offensive side, woof. So <laughs> you're you're a little bit higher on him. I feel like I've been on an island on Zaire for a really long time. What am I missing with this
1: kid that there's more to his game? I, dude, I, for me, it, it comes as as easy as this, um, Corey. For me, I'm looking at Zaire in a vacuum. I, I've been trying to where I'm not looking at his stock price from the preseason. I'm not. I'm trying to take out the hype from him coming out of Sierra Canyon. I'm trying to look beyond all the uh, uh, on the ball creation. Sh- no, no, no. I'm looking at Zaire simply as this if I'm an NBA team with a good development program, can I develop Zaire Williams into a Mikael Bridges type? Then I'm going to invest in him. I would never, ever look at Zaire as a number one option. I think that's where people are getting that cognitive dissonance, where a lot of teams are hoping that he can live up to that top 10 ranking and develop him into like a number one option, whether that be like a Paul George or a Jason Tatum. Zaire Williams is not that. And if you watch the tape, you will see that he is not even close. Jason Tatum in his freshman year at Duke was freaking dogging people, doing stuff off the dribble in the in the mid post. Jason Tatum was unbelievable as a scorer and, and a shot creator. Uh, Paul George, same thing. Well, he he developed into the, into that, but he showed signs even coming into the league, coming out of Fresno State. Zaire Williams does not have all of that, and so when you're watching Zaire Williams and you're breaking him down, I think we have to look at him not as a top ten guy, but potentially can I develop him into a rock solid legitimate three and d wing that could maybe do a little bit more like an example look at cam Johnson Cam Johnson came into the league much older, people had a lot of questions about his ceiling. Came in as a great shooter, right? But then with Cam Johnson, now you watch him for the Suns in the in the finals. He's he he adds a little bit of off-the-dribble stuff. He, you know, he's he's attacking the closeouts, he's going out, he's going to the rim a little bit. He's blossomed into a little bit more than just a shooter. That's how I view Zaire. I would never, ever, ever imagine him as a number one, a number two, maybe not even a number three option. He's got to be your rock solid three and D wing that you could potentially develop into a little bit more. And I think that's where I'm coming with coming from when it comes to Zaire. And maybe that's like the angle of which I'm looking at him compared to maybe like the national media or everyone else might be a little bit different there.
0: I definitely think you're looking
1: at it from a different
0: lens. And when I was evaluating him and I was trying to do that too, because I agree like his, to me, his peak role is that I, I like to call it three and D plus, right? You can do the, you can hit the three, you can defend, and then you could do a little bit more. That's the lens I'm also looking at him in, but you also mentioned like, oh, Jason Tatum, who actually, if you went and watched him at Duke, he was doing a lot of the same things just as the raw version that he's doing in the league. Can this kid, like, he's not Josh Jackson. You know what I mean? Like Josh Jackson went before Jason Tatum. This kid isn't Josh, he didn't show one tenth ever. I'm talking high school, AAU, FIBA. He I don't think he's shown a tenth of what Josh Jackson had shown at Kansas. So to me, this is where I think like I think if you watched, and we said this with BJ Boston, if you watch Zaire Williams mixtape, The Ball is life stuff. He looks fucking amazing. He looks like this guy that everybody wants him to be, but he's not that, and he never has been. I've never watched any level of basketball. I went and watched more Sierra Canyon, and we watched Sierra Canyon earlier this year when we were looking uh, at BJ Boston. So I've watched a lot of Sierra Canyon this year. He's the same player. He was just getting some easy points when you know he's being guarded by high school kids. Mm -hmm. But he was the same player, right? In FIBA play, you wouldn't know that he was on the floor. Now, granted, he was on the floor with Tyrese Halliburton, Reggie Perry, Jalen Suggs, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, Kyra Lewis. Like, I'm going down the line, down the line. So he's like end of the bench guy. But he wasn't in the same league as those guys. Right. On these teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Watching Jalen Green AAU tape, you would never know that this kid's on the floor. I need to know that, like, there's a way that I could at least acknowledge that he's on the floor when he's not doing something awful. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the jump shooting, right? People love Zaire Williams' step back, and and you know, on the internet, on Twitter, all the time, hear the term "space creation," "advantage creation," all the time. Zaire does create space with his step back, right? He almost creates a Cam Thomas-esque amount of space on this step back. The problem is it doesn't go in. (laughs) And not like it doesn't go in like Cam spams it, you know, like the Mm -hmm. 2K spamming the move. So Cam's just shooting a low percentage because he's taking bad shots. It doesn't go in for Zaire. So what good is a shot that you can get to that you can't hit? (sighs) To me, it's no good. The answer is it's it's not a good shot. Stop shooting it. He should never Mm. shoot step backs unless there's four seconds on a shot clock. Eliminate that part of his game because he Mm. has not shown that he can hit it. I mean, if you look at the percentages, we're talking Cam Reddish type percentages in college, Right. right? And Cam was... Cam is a dog on defense. Cam is a legitimate dog who has the body, the frame, to guard one through four. Zaire doesn't have that yet, and he doesn't look like he's going to have it. Right? He's going to, I think, like we mentioned, maybe guard the younger guys uh, or the, the smaller guys, the, the, the twos, some of the small threes who are playing up a position. But you look at Cam Reddish's percentages as an offensive player, and he had his moments in in the playoffs, right, where he made some moves that give you reason for optimism. But if you take his larger body of work and then you compare it to his percentages in college, it's the same. He's still shooting below 40%, low 30s from three. Nothing's changed. And Cam Reddish had a lot of the same issues that Zaire has had with processing things. The speed of the game... A lot of times they're just going too quick for what is actually happening on the court and it looks really messy. And I don't think he's close to Cam Radish as a prospect. So, I mean, as a jump shooter, unless you're going to tank for Chet or Victor in the next mm. couple of years, mm. I don't see any route that Zaire is a plush shot maker at the NBA level.
1: Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, yeah I I hear you. I think mm, for me, okay, no I, I I agree with you. Corey, I agree. That side step that he takes is it's it's pretty wild how much distance he gets on it, but you're right, he missed a shit ton. I think he shot like 22% on catch and shoot threes, which is like what are we talking about? 22%? That's what what's that Giannis level? Um <laughs> it, it's it's not great, right? I think the only thing is it might be an illusion type of thing where when his feet are set and his body is square the jump shot looks beautiful i, I think that's what it is I, I think people really like the aesthetic of his jump shot um for me it's like it's this, it's this thing where once again I, I have some guys to compare him to but for me like where i kind of landed was is he in this year's draft is he the kai jones of wings you know where, as you mentioned, you you get the highlights of his games, and you're just like unbelievable. But then you watch the whole body of his games, and you're like, this is kind of a nightmare. Um, I I think maybe Corey, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a sheep too, and I'm just like kind of falling into that too. But a, a small part of me really wants to believe that his shot can improve because when he set, it does look so freaking pretty is it maybe it's like an iman shumper thing for me too where like shumper's jump shot looks so clean when he was like set and but it just never freaking went in and so maybe yeah. maybe zaire has some of that too and um yeah like i, I think where i'm landing is well I, i'm kind of with you in that like there's still so much for him to improve and i'm not looking at him as some like elite elite prospect in this in this draft but there's this Weird thing where if I put a next to Keon Johnson, for whatever reason, I believe in Zaire a little bit more than Keon Johnson um, because both of them are kind of these like really raw, sloppy prospects that need to develop a lot. Um, maybe it's the length. Maybe it's the height. Maybe it's the shooting shirt. I'm not sure what it is. But for whatever reason, I, I think the a lot of people are a little bit higher than Zaire because the jump shot can look really pretty. I, I think that's kind of where we are. I no, I agree. Look, in my notes, I have. I
0: do think he has the potential to be a decent floor spacer. Now, when I say that, I really mean decent. I'm not talking about Clay Thompson, right? Uh, But I really like the arc on the shot. I like the release. Like I like how it looks. You mentioned the aesthetics. I love pretty things. His jump shot is pretty. I like how he looks when he's set and he gets it off because it it looks just again. I think it's the arc of the ball and how soft it is when it goes in, it looks just nothing but net. It looks textbook. But I'm going to read you some of these percentages, courtesy of uh, Tyler Metcalf. The percentiles, okay? Overall, 23rd percentile um, as a scorer, 0.7 points per possession. As a pick and roll ball handler, 32nd percentile, 0.63 points per possession. Spotting up, 15th Percentile 0.63 points per possession off of screens, sixth one, two, three, four, five, six percentile 0.43 points per possession, shooting off the catch, 16th percentile 0.69. Nice points per possession. I mean, some of those numbers I'm going to disregard because I don't want him ever shooting at a pick and roll. I don't want him ever doing anything other than maybe shooting on the move and maybe shooting and shooting off the catch. Because, you know, we talk about him being being a shooter with the ball in his hand, right? That means he has to be able to dribble. He has the sloppiest handle for a oh. quote-unquote shot maker that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. right? It, he almost has the handle that people thought Tyrese Halliburton had right? That's how sloppy it is. It's, it's stiff. Mm -hmm. It's slow. There's no shake to it. And Mm -hmm. he just bobbles and loses control of it all the time. Like again, comparing it to Tyrese Halliburton, where on the surface, you could see some, some similarities. Halliburton was never losing the ball, right? You were just like, Oh, he doesn't really have shake. It's not all that creative. It transferred. It was fine for Halliburton. Right. And Halliburton was a shot maker. Halliburton, the advanced stats, loved Halliburton. The advanced stats do not love Zaire Williams. And that handle into these jump shots, they're just, they're as good as turnovers. And speaking of turnovers, like, he turned the ball over a lot. He had, like, I don't know, five games where he had, like, six turnovers or more. Right. So when I'm talking about him as, like, a creator, I don't want the ball in his hands. Really, ever. But this leads me if we're talking about him as an nba prospect what does zaire do to generate easy points what is he going to do as a rookie to get onto the floor offensively
1: Uh, nothing (laughs) (laughs) that's the easy answer nothing because i once again uh, for me uh, he's like a two to three maybe even a four-year project because i'm dude the handle was the hardest part to watch about his game and like His offense as a package, it's back to the processing thing. He literally was like three or four steps behind, and I can't even imagine what that's going to be like at the NBA level where the game speeds up. He is going to take so long to process anything. And, Corey, his handle, you mentioned like the sloppiness. There were times when he would like dribble the ball and be surprised when it came back to his hand. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, it yeah. was so loose and all over the place that he was literally just like, his turnovers are like, it was, it felt like I was watching like junior high basketball at times. Yeah. That's how yeah. bad and disgusting some of the plays were. And, and it really is a processing thing. Like, he just hasn't played in enough, in my mind, it looks like he hasn't played in enough of like high level basketball. It, it, it's terrifying at times the way that he's losing the ball, the weird decisions that he was making, the odd passes he was making, but really the handle, absolute train wreck. And then also we should mention, like his former high school teammate, BJ Boston, Zaire Williams going to the rim. Mm. I i could not even, my eyes just wanted to fall out of my, my head, dude. It was disgusting. Like, he really was just like throwing his limbs around and he wasn't even exploding to the rim. It was a really strange thing with him, which reminds me so much of BJ Boston. And that's why it's so interesting. That's why people and scouts are going to put those two together because they had very similar freshman years, ridiculously underwhelming BJ Boston probably definitely has better handle. I think Um, Zaire Zaire as a shot creator in his first year, Negative. It's not going to happen. Any team who drafts him will never ever see that in his rookie year. And if they try to put him in position to do that, you're asking for trouble. One thousand percent asking for trouble because his handle might be as bad as mine. So it's (laughs) it's no. That's a hard no for me.
0: Yeah, he was fifty three percent at the rim and fifty percent assisted. uh fifty three percent at the rim for somebody who's six foot ten inches tall is nightmare level. The eye test was level.
1: worse.
0: Yeah, honestly, it was. I'm kind of shocked. 26 <laughs> of 49 uh at the rim. And other two point shots, 36%. Uh also matches the eye test. But it it goes, I think that goes back to the strength and but it's also touch and it's the awkwardness and, and whatnot. Um but to generate easy points and get on the floor. The next level, if he's going to do it, like let's say he's playing for Oklahoma City, right? And Oklahoma City can afford to let him be on the floor because who knows what their plan is. They're taking shots on high potential guys. And let's pretend for a second that Zaire Williams has high potential, which if we're doing that, we can make that assumption for literally every prospect in the draft. But let's do it for Zaire here. I mean, as a rookie, did you see anything you liked about his off ball movement? Like, Going back door, um, I think he like he could get some easy stuff in transition. Maybe running out on the break, using that athleticism, the bounce that he has. I think at the NBA level, maybe if he's doing that, running the wings, he can get some easy points there. I'm just trying to figure out where can this kid take the baby steps to becoming an NBA
1: player. And maybe maybe it's the work rate. Right, Maybe he just has to work a little bit harder. Like when we did Cam Thomas, I love Cam Thomas off the ball. Cam Thomas was amazing at moving off the ball, going off the screens, trying to get himself open. I think we didn't really see that at all from Zaire. I think that's something that Zaire needs to do. And honestly, Corey, between you and you and I, that, that's effort. You've got to want it. It takes a lot of energy to run off those screens. Look at li- let's go back to you know back in the 2000s look at richard hamilton that dude was running all day long to get open and to get his shots and that that was effort that was energy that was desire and maybe zaire just doesn't have that yet and maybe or maybe he wasn't able to show it i'm not sure but I-, I think it's a real effort thing if zaire commits to that then yeah maybe he can catch some stuff back door maybe he can get himself open for easy catch catch and shoot threes in the corners i don't know but going back to the question of how is he going to score in his rookie season? I just can't see it at all I, at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even looking to say, how is he going to get to 10? Po- how is he going to get two easy baskets a game? You know, it, cause to me, that's gotta be the goal is like, how do you get this kid to get some easy points to at least get the confidence, the, that he could feel like he can hit from other spots on the floor. And I don't know. Um, What that looks like, or I'll tell you what it looks like in his game against Washington. I actually liked his role. I, I, he was, I think he had 11, 12 points, something like that. It was nothing crazy. I think he maybe took nine shots, but he was low usage off the ball. Wasn't doing a hell of a lot of creating on the ball. And he looked like a complimentary piece. Now he didn't necessarily stand out as some superstar role player. You know, he didn't look like Cam uh, Johnson. He didn't look like Mikael Bridges, but he looked like a guy that if you put him in the NBA and you develop him as a role player, he could develop. And I think that's what we're we're kind of hoping for. The one thing I do think that while his processing speed was really slow, I and and again, I don't want him to have the ball in his hands as a pick and roll shot creator for himself or others. But I thought that he was a pretty good passer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that like when you look at him as kind of like that one more passer, like the ball's going to swing or he attacks a closeout. I feel like you saw flashes of this, this playmaker where if you're looking for three and D plus, the passing could be something that could be the plus Mm -hmm. in a three and D role. And now you're looking at somebody that can, you know, hit three point shots and then also make some plays for others in a, probably tertiary role. And that's interesting. So I, I think the passing is the one thing that I saw. And again, he averaged three turnovers a game to two assists. So it's, he had a a negative assist to turnover ratio. It's not like I'm expecting him to be this, you know, pick and roll maestro who has a ball in his hands and is, is looking like Paul George eventually. But just as a, this kid, you know, can make reads in certain scenarios that'll bring value and the ball doesn't necessarily always have to stick with him. I think he did show a little bit there to be kind of intriguing um, about his passing ability.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the Washington game that you were talking about, he had 12, 12 and 10. 12 rebounds 10 assists and there were moments that you could see from watching his tape where he was even creating a little bit uh out of the pick and roll you know as as the as the passer and finding uh the big and he had some moments like once again i think Corey, you and i we don't want to just destroy the kid and say that he's going to be some absolute trash nba player um and so i'm with you i I think the passing was there um i I was kind of surprised honestly when he was like creating out of the pick and roll there were a a couple moments where it's like okay good pass good pass buddy you you, you know that's it's not terrible so i'm with you on that i think just overall as a package this kid is he's such a mixed bag he's such a freaking project he's like the absolute dictionary definition uh, of a project and that's why once again i had I have a strong feeling he's gonna go like late lottery, early 20s, because teams are just gonna fall in love with the potential. Even though you and I are having trouble seeing that potential, I think something's there. And even yeah, anyway, I I think the passing is one slight plus to his to his offense for sure.
0: Yeah, look, I think he's gonna get taken higher than I would take him as well. You know, I I think somebody's gonna try to reach in and just grab whatever ounce of of potential there is. And actually that brings me to something that I, I planned yesterday. I went fishing on Twitter. Okay. I put up a Twitter poll that said NBA draft Twitter, who you got? And there were two names. I put Mikhail Bridges and I put Kevin Knox. Now to the behest of Knicks fans who, some of which were a little bit butthurt, And really took offense to it. And I feel like I've been incredibly fair to Knicks fans and fair to the Knicks in general. A big supporter, big proponent. I was just doing a little thought exercise. Now, to my shock, 10% of the poll did answer Kevin Knox. So I don't know if that was uh, sarcasm. That was a sarcasm uh, (laughs) vote. But the majority of people... And there was a lot of votes on it. Hundreds of votes said they would take Mikhail Bridges. That's the correct answer. I think we can all uh, admit that. Try to sell me on why is there Zaire Williams not Kevin Knox in this scenario? Why, (laughs) if you're an NBA team, why are you taking Zaire Williams when Trey Murphy is right there? What is Zaire Williams going to do at an NBA level that is going to be more valuable than Trey Murphy? Because you want them to do the same things. And if your answer is, well, Zaire Williams is younger, then that's a fucking terrible answer. Because what does that have to do with anything? At least Trey Murphy showed basketball skills that were valuable, mm-hmm. was a sniper, was a defender. Mm hmm. If you're, like, if you're looking at the Atlanta model, the Phoenix model, trying to grab these long, rangy wings that are going to be contributors, honestly, outside of maybe Cam Reddish, all of these guys have been a little bit older and have had what most people would, during draft time, say is low potential. They're 3 and D players. And now we've talked about it. Now a lot of them look like 3 and D plus. DeAndre Hunter three and D plus Cam Johnson, three and D plus Mikael Bridges, three and D plus. And now Cam Reddish, if he ever can just do a little bit of, of knocking down threes consistently, he's going to be three and D plus too. But if you look at those names, I'm not sure where Cam Reddish goes on that list. So if you're trying to follow that model, why are you taking Zaire instead of Trey, uh, Trey Murphy? (sighs)
1: So Corey, the the really interesting thing with this is that, it's not just Trey Murphy. Even no. You you even have to throw in a guy like Chris, Chris Duarte. 100%. Chris Duarte, another shot-making 3 and D guy who actually showed stuff off the dribble. Um, he actually made plays off the dribble and was pretty dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, so the easy answer is, Corey, I think NBA execs will look at Zaire Williams and hope and pray that he'll be able to develop into more. I think... The Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I Like even Trey Murphy, you know, we've been watching Trey Murphy. I, I've been watching a little bit more too. And the 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 defense on Trey Murphy has been awesome to watch. Like he really moves his feet well, does a really good job of even, even guarding smaller guys. I was like, holy crap, this guy can move. But I mean, I think Zaire has a little bit of that, right? You mentioned the foot speed. I think he has pretty good foot speed. But ultimately, I, I think teams will take zaire williams higher than trey murphy because of the potential of him being something more than what you and i see right now and that's that's exactly what it is and it's terrifying that you mentioned kevin knox because fudge man kevin knox has been such a such a heartbreaker with with my knicks um but it's kind of eerie how similar the kevin knox is to zaire holy crap i'm I'm like flustered right now talking about this. But um yeah, man, I, I think I think teams will look at Zaire because of the potential ceiling that they're seeing while scouting him. I think that that's really what it comes down to. Because right now I think I have Trey Murphy higher than him on my board too. So it, it's tough, man. It, it's really, really tough. But teams will see what they want to see. And I think that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, they must because they have to be fucking blind. I'm willing to eat a hundred percent like I'm willing to eat crow if Zaire turns into Paul George, like that's fucking awesome. I want every one of these kids to turn out like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Luca or Anthony Davis or Chris Bosh or whoever you're comparing these kids to. I want every single one of them to blow my expectations out of the water and make the NBA the most competitive, fun league we could ever dream of. But I'm going to eat crow because I just don't think this kid's going to be a good NBA player. And I think that if you draft him in the first round even, I think you're taking a major, major, major chance um, uh, that that this kid is going to blow up in your face and you're going to miss out on somebody who could actually be productive for your team. Now, Trey Murphy might go in front of him. Trey Murphy's been getting a little bit of hype. He's been rising, uh, interviews really well, skill set, the whole thing, measurements. So he he ultimately might go above Zaire. But I feel like the hype around Zaire... Why not just transfer that to Trey Murphy? Because Trey Murphy is going to be a good NBA basketball player, and he might not have the "quote unquote" potential, but I think that he has an easier path to reaching the plus and doing some of the plus stuff than Zaire does. I don't know. That that was the point of my Twitter thread, that right. my Twitter poll that annoyed people. I just there's a there's a path that Zaire's just he's the Kevin Knox of this draft. And look, Kevin Knox had interesting skills and he was in he a shitty position in New York where he went through coaches, um had, you know, didn't get a whole lot of chances after his first season. I get that. Part of that's on him, part of that is on the the weird situation New York was in before Leon Rose and Tibbs came along. And maybe there's a world in which Kevin Knox actually, you know, lives up to his hype and becomes this really really good player. But a lot of people did not think that Kevin Knox was actually going to live up to the hype at the time that it happened, right? And Kevin Knox ultimately went ahead of Mikhail Bridges. He went ahead of Michael Porter Jr. Now, the, the Michael Porter Jr. thing was injury stuff, but um, it felt like if you were going to take a chance, you might as well take a chance on somebody who actually like had the pedigree. I just think there's a chance that we look back at this draft and the way that we're talking about a prospect like Zaire Williams, mainly because of his ball is life mixtape. And he's the the Kevin Knox who also had an awesome mixtape. He looked like fucking Giannis in his ball is life mixtape. So that that's my only point on that.
1: Uh, I, I really quickly, I, I'm with you, dude. I think um, the Trey Murphy shooting numbers in college were just Unbelievable like 90 what 92, 93% from the foul line over 40% from three. Like the base skills are so much higher than Zaire right now. Better frame. Um, Yeah. Much better frame and can do the movement stuff on defense that Zaire can do. So it's, I'm with you, dude. I I really am. But I think NBA teams are looking at, wait till you hear my player comps because I think that's what NBA teams are looking at. I, I think they're hoping he can be a little bit more, than what he's shown so far. And I think that's why teams are going to bank on him. Like I could see Zaire going like 14th to the Warriors or something like that's, it wouldn't be a shocker, which is, yeah, I don't know. Uh, But I'm with you. The Kevin Knox stuff, him in transition was terrifying. Uh, When you watch his tape in transition, like he looked like, as you mentioned, like a Giannis type and his jump shot, like when he goes in, it freaking just kisses the net dude and touches nothing else. But then he also can like air ball a bunch of threes. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. What a freaking nightmare. Anyway, um, yeah, I, that's that, that's why Zaire is where he is.
0: Yeah, I look, I I don't disagree. I want you to put your your yourself across the table from these NBA teams now, and I want you to sell me this pen
1: on Zaire Williams. Okay, are you are you a team that has a long road to rebuilding? Uh, are you a team that has? the a window where you can afford to develop young talent um young talent that could eventually with the right development and the right time and the right experience could even potentially become a number three number four option on a really good team if you're one of those teams then I can totally understand why you would take a shot at Zaire Williams of course there are some questions to his game some major major questions but if you're a team that has, the ability right now to give him this runway to work on his game and develop not just his game but his body, then you're a team that should take Zaire Williams. If you're a team that's looking to push for the playoffs soon, if you're a team whose timeline is not very far away from contending, then you should probably stay away from Zaire Williams, is uh, how I would sell this prospect.
0: All right. Yeah, it's, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's Corey's get not the, interested.
0: Let's get to um uh I don't know if I'm buying I don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna buy the the stock. But if you had bought stock here we go or if you're buying stock in Zaire Williams,
1: who may you have bought stock in previously? Okay, ready? I'm gonna give you three names here, and they're really odd names. Okay. So for me, his absolute floor, his basement is a guy who came into the draft a couple years back is still playing in the g league trying to make his way to the league his name is devin robinson from the university of florida uh, if you remember devin robinson six eight guy uh super athlete shot 39 percent from three in his junior year at florida came into the league and teams were a little bit interested he got some first round buzz i think he got taken in the second round or he was undrafted i don't remember but he is still currently in the G League trying to find, trying to find his way at the lead, into the league, okay? That's, that's one name, okay? Okay. Uh, another name that you mentioned previously that I think teams are hoping, maybe, maybe some teams are hoping he could develop into, is clearly a Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson type, right? A guy who can um, shoot the three, who's going to you know, pop defensively, who's going to do a little bit more, that 3 and D plus that you mentioned, right, Corey? Now, this is where I think teams are going drunk, Okay, (laughs) I think I think teams that are really high on Zaire are really high because they think of him as maybe potentially one day becoming like a Detlef Shrimp type of guy. Now, okay, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) So Detlef Shrimp was obviously a way more skilled and just a beautiful, beautiful basketball player. But I think that's where teams are getting lost. I think teams are hoping because Detlef Shrimp 6'10 can handle, can shoot, could really do it all. Um, I know good I went way back. Parks,
0: good stuff on Parks and Rec. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think some of our younger listeners are going to be like, who the hell is Detlef Schrempf?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor on Parks and Recreation. So <laughs> that, that's who he is.
1: <laughs> if you're old enough to remember who Detlef Schrempf was, at his absolute peak, he averaged 19 a game for the Pacers, uh, was a guy who could really shoot the ball, uh, could do, to handle a little bit. His his career numbers, I think, I think wait, let me see. He shot like 50, 50, 38, and 80 for his career, right? And I think maybe where teams are getting drunk is they're hoping that on the offensive side, he Zaire can have the handle and the shooting and the creating that Detlef Schrempf had, um, but I just can't see that, right? And so that's where I get my three names. And, Corey, that's why Zaire is such a ridiculous prospect because his, his basement is Devin Robinson, a guy who yeah. can't even taste the league right now. But I think teams are hoping he becomes a Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, maybe even a Detlef Shrimp, right? That's the problem. That's why he is such a hard guy to evaluate and such a hard guy to draft. Um, I even entertained ideas. I was like, okay, the Knicks at 21. If we take Sharif at nineteen, do we take a shot at Zaire? Unload Kevin Knox somewhere and just try again with Zaire. My head really went there. It it honestly did, and I don't want to lie and try to act like you know my mind didn't go there. And maybe that's me buying into the hype, right? And and if I'm doing that, then I'm sure NBA execs are doing the same. And so for me, my three options: (laughs) Devin Robinson, uh, Mikal Bridges, and Deadlift Shrimp is where I'm going.
0: I love it. Out of the box thinking. That's what we do this segment for. <laughs> I, I also had Mikael Bridges. I had Mikael Bridges light, right? We talked about why. We talked about why maybe teams might hope that he's kind of like playoff Cam Reddish. But then also like looking for like what if, he could. he He's probably he could be Justin Jackson. And Justin Jackson yeah. had higher pedigree coming in. <laughs> but like he's having so much he had, he's having a hard time sticking in the league. And you look at Justin Jackson and you're probably like, like that's kind of the flip side of projecting these type of players to turning into cam Johnson, like cam Johnson and Justin Jackson. There were a lot of parallels and cam Johnson ended up in this great situation and, and has really blossomed and turned into this prototypical kind of four that you want in the league. Whereas Justin Jackson is bouncing around from stop to stop and just, is going to be out of the league soon, probably. And, and as you mentioned, like, that's probably, that's not a, a, an unrealistic outcome for Zaire in a few years. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of like, like think of outside the box. Like he might be this draft's uh, Poku, like where he's going to come in and just have these appalling numbers and maybe still get love. Like Poku had these, Poku's like the worst basketball player (laughs) ever <laughs> in the nba he's like the worst nba player ever and he's really young so we use that as a crutch right that, that because he showed some fun stuff here and there and i think zaire might show some fun stuff here and there highlight wise but then when right. you actually break him down and look at him as a basketball player and what kind and, and, you know the things that contribute to winning you're like that that's not going to contribute to winning but mm. hopefully like i said i want zaire to be great he i think. Mm. Um, he's obviously a smart kid. He went to Stanford. You can't be, you know, unintelligent and go to Stanford. Right. Seems like a nice kid. Um, so hopefully he he works really hard at at these weaknesses, and he comes out and 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 balls out. I'm looking forward to seeing him play in summer league. You know, getting the first look. That's going to happen. I think what next month. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he does that and he becomes you know this this prototypical tall, versatile wing player that all of these teams want um after the the Suns and the, the Hawks had so much success kind of loading up on them. Uh, so you know, right situation, right time. He could he could end up as
1: something, right? I, I think I think it's hilarious that you mentioned Poku because if 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 the Thunder takes Zaire and put him next to Poku, what an absolute clown show that we'll be able to watch in OKC. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine Shea, like, what, what would be going through his head? Like, imagine they take, like.
0: <laughs> At least oh, Shea is young. God. Kemba's, Kemba's yeah. going to be, like, babysitter. <laughs> that's, that's freaking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they got two picks. They got two picks in, in the range that Zaire's projected yeah. to
1: go. Yeah. Yeah. What's their high-end pick? What are they, fifth? Sixth? I don't remember. Uh, sixth. Yeah, like imagine like imagine some crazy world like Jalen Suggs drops to them and they have like Jalen Suggs having to deal with Poku and Zaire Williams like the <laughs> the freaking heart attack that Jalen Suggs will get. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's freaking insane!
0: I hey Zaire pl- and Poku playing with Jalen Suggs and Shea might be the best possible outcome <laughs> for those two guys because those. That that is a backcourt that would fucking really just have all of the the skills and intangibles that you would want to to bring the best out of like high potential players like like those two guys. So who
1: knows? That would it could be I, I, fun. I could see Jalen Suggs just like literally punching Zaire Williams in the face. Like him <laughs> like trying to create something off the dribble and just like walking up to him, just slapping him. That'd be freaking hilarious, dude. See, I
0: I think Jalen would do the the leader thing and and put his arm around him and just explain it to him.
1: Jalen hands, Jalen hands, pick up <laughs> yeah, exactly. pick up Moses Brown's face, <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I think we could agree he's a pretty volatile prospect, right? And oh. and I think it's all going to be based on where he ends up going in the draft. I do I do want to like. Do you think there's a Jaden McDaniels scenario with with him where he slips out of the first round?
1: I think teams are too high on him for, to like, to let that happen. Like I'm like, of course it's possible. Uh, anything's possible. Right. KG. But um, I feel like uh, I, I really think he'll go top 20. Like I really think a team's going to buy into, to the, uh, into the debt lift man. Like, they're going to take him top 20 and they're going to be really excited about it. And he's going to disappoint them for a couple of years. It's kind of how I see things. And yeah, man, it, it would, Corey, I'm like, I'm I'm like starting to bug out, man. Like I could see him going like, imagine he goes like 12 to the Spurs. Not that he's a Spurs type of guy, but like, who knows, right? Like who <laughs> yeah, freaking who knows what the Spurs are even thinking anymore? Like they have such a weird roster right now too. But um, yeah, just overall, I, I think his volatility is unreal, but I still feel like he'll end up going top 20 because one of these teams are going to get drunk on his potential.
0: Yeah. We've seen NBA teams act drunk plenty of times before. Uh, Any final thoughts on our friends, Zaire?
1: Final thoughts. I think he was a really, really fun prospect to evaluate um, because his low moments were actually hilarious. Like, I was howling by myself, like, watching some of his mistakes, and I was just thinking, like, damn, like, what are NBA teams going to do with that? Like, watching that tape? Like, how are they viewing that next to, like, his high moments? And, like, if we're honest, he didn't have – like an incredible amount of high moments but at the same time cory like I, I we spent like almost an hour pretty much shitting on him for most of it and like in my head i'm like yeah nick's a 21 do we give him a hard look it's kind of where my head is at so it's weird he's such a strange prospect um i personally don't think he'll ever be a deadlift shrimp because shrimp was such a good passer too um but um but not that year is a bad passer anyway um yeah, those are kind of my final thoughts. I I can totally understand why a team will take him higher, but I would I for me, I think I would feel safest taking him like mid to late twenties, uh even second round. But um if he goes in the top twenty, we'll understand why.
0: We certainly will. He's got the tools. Uh Albert, let the people know where they can find you on the internet.
1: You can find me at Alberto T O E uh, Gim. You'll find me there on Twitter and and on Instagram. Um, I don't know where else I'm on. I think those are the only ones that I'm uh, really actively using on social media. Uh, shouts to uh, shouts to people following me on Twitter. I've had like a nice little flood of people um, follow me. I'm still like let's go. still a nobody on Twitter, but let's it's okay. Go. You know, I I kind of like operating in the dark and uh, being a no name. <laughs> This, I, let, uh, is, I let. This is the people show.
0: This yeah, is the people yeah. show where the, the underground NBA draft underground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Corey gets to be the star, get all the followers on YouTube. <laughs> um, but it's all right. I'm, I'm still grinding. I'm still working. And uh, yeah, but that's where you'll find me.
0: All right, you could find me at the Hardwood Mag on Twitter and Instagram. You could follow the YouTube channel for all the scouting breakdowns. Uh, on the Hardwood Herald YouTube, uh, just dropped Trey Man film sesh. We also did Trey Man on the Draft Deck last week, so mm-hmm. listen to that if you want to learn about Trey Man. Um, and we're we got like two and a half weeks left to the draft, something like that. Two weeks. It's it's going to be interesting. We're going to bang a lot of uh, good content out. So make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review all of the good stuff, all the things. Um, and uh until next time y'all we out peace peace